let's see here. Make sure I, I uh, apologize ahead of time for my voice last night. Went out with some friends and had a nice time. I was hail hearty, had a good stage voice, just working fine. Woke up this morning, I'm froggy from the little rascal, so I'll do the best I can. Let's see how, how much is God testing me here because I had, are there some typed out notes right there on my seat? Because <laughs> if I'm going, I'm going from memory, I might be hurting a little bit, but, but, uh huh? I don't, oh well, I, I thought I had them right there, but they're not there. Well, all right, we'll just, uh, we'll just have to <laughs> let, let me led by the Spirit today, I guess. So, all right. <laughs> <clears throat> so, <clears throat> this is the this is the scripture we're going to go from, and uh, if you would stand with me while we read from the Word of God, this is from Galatians five, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, there it is. <laughs> All right. So, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear: sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You may be seated. All right, so... All my quotes are going to be from memory now. <laughs> um, this is uh, C.S. Lewis, which uh, I think this was from his letters, for, letters to Malcolm. Um, said um, Aristotle once said that there are some people who are only fit to be slaves. I don't contradict him. However, I oppose slavery because I see none fit to be masters. Think about that. So today, actually, what I'm going to talk about is slavery. Um, and uh, the first thing I, I guess I want to want to define our terms a little bit. Now, when we say slavery in this day in this country, we tend to um, think of chattel slavery. We tend to think of something that has something to do with skin color, you know, and that is a heinous form of slavery. And it is the perhaps the great sin and blot on our nation's history. Okay? But that's not all that the word slavery means. Slavery, um, there's, there's uh, two words that are sometimes used. They're, they're interchanged in Scripture. Slavery and servanthood, or slave and a servant. And most of the time when we talk about slaves and servants, we're, we, we kind of think of them as, as in different categories, and in some sense they are. Uh, a slave is someone who is completely owned by someone else, right? They belong to someone else, and so they're totally beholden to that someone, and everything that they do is basically the property of that someone else. Whereas a servant is someone who is kind of leased themselves out to someone for a period of time, sort of like a contractual agreement, if you work for someone, if you have a job, then you're a servant of whoever it is you're working for, right? Um, so that's, there's built into that, you know, the idea that you could, 
at some point, once you hopefully fulfill your obligation, move on and serve something else or somebody else. Okay. So with those, with those, with those two, uh, ideas in mind, <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's a, there's a old, uh, <laughs> there's an old, and, 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 I mean, in, 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 inherently you would think, well, slavery is bad and servanthood is not so bad, right? That's, that's what your reaction generally is, is to that. But there's a, <laughs> a, a saying, uh, comes from the country. And it's kind of pithy, like country sayings are. He beat him like a rented mule. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you've heard that one. <laughs> uh, or, or sometimes it's as a threat. I'll beat you like a rented mule. You know that that type of thing. Now, it's funny, but it's funny because there's a truth in there. I mean, that's what makes things funny is there's a truth in there that you didn't see it that way. Why? Why is being? Why is being a rented mule being beat like a rented mule worse than being beat like an owned mule? Because he's not, he doesn't belong to you, right? Right? You're, you're renting him. You're trying to get the most out of him you can for the time you have him. Right? Okay. So, in a sense, ownership might be better than, than being rented, you know, being the servant in a, in a way. Okay. So, <clears throat> I guess I'm just going to go ahead and address, would you put that, that verse that we had up first? No, go back. The verse we had, for page one still. I want to go ahead and address something that was in this passage that worries some people. Where'd we go? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, now, on that list of things, there's 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 some things that you know that might might touch a chord. You know, that might say, well, you know, I do some of that sometimes, and that worries me because it says. People who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so people read that. People who love Jesus, people who've given their life, but they struggle with some of these things. And they look at that and they go, you know, I'm just not so sure. Because it says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I want to go ahead and push that aside for you right now. This is good news. And this is good news because if we're going to the kingdom of God, do you want murderers? Do you want rapists? Do you want cheaters? Bear with you. Is that the kingdom of God? Obviously not. The good news is if you belong to God, if you're God's slave, then he's going he's gonna to cure you of that. You don't get to take that into heaven, into the kingdom of heaven with you. Okay? There's, a, there's an idea that <clears throat> it's really prominent in, in, in the Orthodox church, and, and I kind of like it. Um, we tend to often in the Protestant and even Catholicism in the West, I guess, Western Christianity, we tend to, um, dwell on, you know, our guilt and trying to make up for our guilt and trying to have our guilt absolved and all that. And, and, and that's important. Oh, here, I can have your phone back now. Uh, that is important. Uh, but in an Orthodox church, instead of dwelling on that, they tend to emphasize more the brokenness of man. We're, we're, we can't cure ourselves. We're, we're broken. We're, we're messed up. And that begins, uh, that begins way back from the beginning. Um, 
and I guess the good news here is that God is going to heal us of these things. We Once we make that commitment to him, once we give ourselves to him because he paid the price for us, then he's going to clean he's going to clean us up now sometimes it's sometimes it's going to take time sometimes it's gradual sometimes he uses someone else you've got someone else in mind to bring into your life to help you clean these things up but sometimes it's not so gradual sometimes he does it miraculously and 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 that's wonderful when he does but you don't get to take that crap with you into the kingdom of heaven and that's good news that God's going to heal us of that Okay, so go ahead, uh, next page now. So, um, now if you have a, if you have an owner, if you're a slave to somebody, if you have an owner, then often, <clears throat> we can use the analogy of the Deep South if we like, the old, uh, old American Deep South if you like, here, very often they had a, a slave master or an overseer or a slave driver if you like, someone who took charge directly. The, the master was off doing something else. He had bigger things to think about, but he put somebody in charge. And so we are born, when we're born into this world, uh, we're, we, we're born into this world. We're, we're a part of it. Uh, and that goes, back to, uh, that goes back to the very beginning when you look at the very first chapters of Genesis, when you read from the third chapter, actually, where in the garden... The serpent came, and what was it he said to Eve? You know, is it true that you can't eat from these trees? And she said, no, we can eat from all the trees, except for this one, just this one, the one that says, you know, this knowledge of good and evil. God says, don't eat of that or we'll die. And and then Satan says, well, you know, you won't really die. You know, God just knows. He just told you that because he knows that if you eat of that one, you're going to be like him you're going to get to decide what's good and evil. You're going to know from experience what's good and evil, and that's going to make you like God. And so we're going to uh, – <clears throat> she saw it, that kind of appealed to her, and because she is the mother of all of us, and then Adam <laughs> – I don't know whether the fruit looked that good to him or whether he was succumbing to peer pressure. There's only one peer there, but <laughs> what it was that drove him to it. But he, he, he went along, and because they both went along, and they're the parents of all of us, then that's what we're born into. That's our birthright. We, we now inherit that brokenness, that fallenness, that inability to know what's right according to God, but the desire to decide what's right for ourselves. Okay. So if we belong to this world, then... It says the God of this world is Satan. And so Satan's got these, this list of slave drivers that he uh, employs to uh, work on, on people. Um, and I'm going to start from the top and I'll kind of bounce around a little bit again without my notes. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to start from the top because I think that's where, where it all does start. Deceptive philosophies. That's a, that's, that's a slave driver. That's one that keeps you trapped in it. And if you, as long as you're buying into it, it's a hard. It's hard to find your way out. Um, the most prevalent deceptive philosophy um, today in the modern world would be uh, materialistic determinism. Okay, what does that mean? Well, materialistic determinism is basically scientism. It's that the world 
is made of matter and energy and time and space and all these things that we can measure and study scientifically. And if we understand those things, then we can kind of figure out something about the world. But it also leads to the conclusion that everything is determined by the laws of nature, by the laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, all those things. And therefore, you really don't have a choice about anything. There is no such thing as free will because, free will because, uh, because everything that you do, everything that you think, every feeling that you have, all of those are determined by these you know, atoms bumping against atoms and having chemical reactions and all that kind of thing. You have no control over that. That's just physics. That's just chemistry. Those are natural laws. So if you actually buy into that, into scientism, then you're basically saying, that I, how can I be held accountable for what I do? It's, it's all, it's all nature that just does that. And I, that's not, that's not really me, but what is really me? You know, it's, it's, there's a fatalism. That's built into that philosophy. A.W. <clears throat> Tozer once said the most, and this is not going to be a direct quote, <laughs> but it's going to get the idea. Uh, the most important thing about a man is what he thinks about when he thinks about God. And so our ideas of God is the beginning. You know, what, 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 what kind of God do we have? Do we have a God that was, is in charge of everything that created everything that has the power to con- the power over everything and has determined that he is going to make everything work out according to his plan. Do we have that kind of a God or do we have a smaller God that has to work within the confines of the world as it is, the, you know, nature, physical laws and all that. If you have that kind of God, your God's too small and you're, um, you're going to be looking. You're going to be looking for help from someone who can't supply help. Okay. Um, so our first our first plan out of this kind of slavery is in getting beyond that philosophy. Um, another type of slavery, and this is one of the this is kind of the most obvious slave driver addictions. Um, John Phillips, whom I know many of you know very well. Um, and, and I'm not telling, this is not gossip because he talks about this. He uses this as a ministry, struggles with addiction, you know, alcohol, substance abuse, that kind of thing. And has, you know, has for years. Uh, and he has songs that he's written about it. And I know there's one saying, I don't know if it originated with him, but he, he repeats it a lot. Addiction takes you farther than you want to go and keeps you longer than you want to stay. And, and. That's a slave driver. You know, that's a master that you don't want to be under. Uh, whether, whether you're talking about alcohol, drugs, pornography, all of those take you places you don't want to go and keep you there when you don't want to be there. Gluttony is a different one. Uh, it's a little different. It's an addiction to food or the, the satisfaction that you get from food, I guess. All of these, if you think about them, though, are abuses or warped um, ideas about something that actually God created, you know, something that that God put here for us actually for our good. But if we're deciding 
for ourselves what is good and evil, then we can take that and twist it and make something bad out of it, or or the enemy can 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 cause us to do that. And so obviously food is a good thing. We can't live without it. But if we live, you know, trying to satisfy that type of hunger all the time, it has ill effects on our physical, on our physical bodies and on our psychology. Um, pornography, same thing. I mean, sex is a good thing. God made, made it up. It was his idea. Uh, it was the way that we reproduce and, and, and have families. Um, but when that becomes, an idol for us, and we seek it outside the parameters of what God has set for us, then it destroys families, it destroys lives, uh, it causes us to, you know, it destroys careers. <laughs> all, all, all those addiction-type slave masters are cruel. Laziness. Um, okay, I'm there sometimes. You know you ought to be doing something else. But you just want to sit and watch Netflix, or you just want to sit and browse the internet, or you just want to, you know, read another chapter out of that book that you've been reading, or whatever. And and all of those things, you know, recreation, um, a little bit of leisure in our lives is necessary. God meant for us to take that's the reason He gave us seven. You know, there's not six days in the week. There's a seven days in the week, and He's given He's given us that to help us to know that we need to take the break we need to take time off to rest to seek god to to think about things or whatever but that can become an idol too we can chase after that god of leisure you know uh try to keep ourselves entertained and so that becomes something that where our life gets wasted um avarice uh, that's a word we don't use a whole lot. <laughs> you probably hadn't used it in the last, what, year, <laughs> most likely. Uh, but that, basically, that just means greed for material things, you know? It just, we like to have stuff. We like to accumulate stuff. We like to feel, we like the safety that we feel from having a nice bit of money in the bank or, you know, having enough cows in the yard or whatever it is that, you know, however it is you, 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 uh, you measure wealth. Um, but that becomes an idol. That can become an idol too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with providing for yourself and your family. That's our that's our responsibility to do that. But when we think all that's up to us, and um, and there's never enough, you know, there's never enough. There's always a way of losing it, right? So, well, how do you guard against that? Well, you make more. You you, you stock it up, right? So that can become an idol. Jealousy. Um, we compare ourselves not to, I'm going to borrow from Jordan Peterson now for a second. He says, don't compare yourself to others now. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. So jealousy is, is the opposite of that. Jealousy is seeing that they've got something or they can do something or there's an opportunity there that they have or whatever and think, well, why not me? Why isn't that me? And it leads to being resentful. It leads to uh, sometimes being cruel. Because if you're jealous, then you're always looking to better yourself, even if it's at the expense of someone else. Maybe even better yet if it's at the expense of somebody else. Because that makes you look that much better. right? 
and that's pride. I think, you know, pride kind of plays into all these. And sometimes pride is called the, the, the root of sins or the first of sins or whatever. Uh, pride was the sin, of course, that Satan exhibited. And I think it probably was pride that made Adam and Eve want to be like God, you know. Um, and pride takes several forms. Perfectionism, you know, um, where you beat yourself up because you're just not good enough and you just keep working and working and, and, you know, you lose compassion for everybody else because all you're worried about is making yourself perfect. Uh, pride can come off across as legalism or moral superiority, you know, where you're trying to be a, a good person, nothing wrong with that, but you do it to the point where you, you find yourself being hypercritical of other people. You don't know their situations maybe. You know, but they're doing something that you know to be morally wrong, and therefore you're judging them because you don't do that. You know, um, desire for praise and admiration of man—that's um, that's a tough one because you know it's not a bad thing to have to want people to think well of you, um, but that should be rooted in they think well of you because you belong. To Christ, and and so if you're if you're if you want them to think well of you because because it's all about you, then then that that that's an idol too, and that's a slave driver. And these things, all of these, and then fear. I'm going to deal with that one because that one also kind of touches on a lot of these others. You know, we're we're fearful that someone's going to think bad of us, or we're fearful that we're not going to have enough, or we're fearful. Uh, then I'm just not going to be able to uh, cope without alcohol or whatever. And so fear kind of plays into, magnifies all of these others. And, and, and they like each other. These, I think these slave drivers kind of talk to each other sometimes, and they think about ways to make your life as hellish as possible. You know? Now, again, just because you sometimes succumb to some of these things, doesn't mean that you're owned by Satan. See, that, the reason I picked that song, I got, I'm so glad that Sean could do that. Uh, that was Bob Dylan's song. He, he, Bob Dylan became a Christian by, I think it was early 70s, sometime about that time. And he wrote a whole album of songs about his faith and his spiritual life and all that kind of thing. But that song is insightful because it knows that we actually have to serve somebody. There's not an option of not serving anybody. Um, that's a deception. You have to serve somebody. And that's what, you know, that deception that, no, you don't have to, uh, I love it from old brother where I thought, I know you haven't seen it. You're going to one of these days, Graham. I'm going to make you see it, sit down and watch it. Um, from old brother where I thought, uh, where, uh, Everett's driving and they've just picked up the guitar player who sold his soul to the devil. What was his name? Oh, okay. <laughs> Some, Robert Johnson, that's it. Uh, he'd sold his soul to the devil, didn't have to play the guitar. And Pete and uh, Del Mar had stopped in, at a revival, and they'd both been baptized, you know. And and Everett goes, huh, well, seems like I'm the only one in this car is unaffiliated, you know. <laughs> he thought so, but that's not true. The fact is, if all we're doing is serving ourselves, we're serving an evil master. Satan doesn't care who you think you're serving. But if you're serving yourself, you're serving him. So 
if you are a believer, if you have given mental assent to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came and he became a man, he lived a perfect life, he died in order to, to absolve you of your sins, also believe that he died in order to heal you of those sins. Okay? Now, if you find yourself doing these things sometimes, doesn't mean you belong to the enemy. It means you're a rented mule. Okay? Your ownership is still in heaven. You're, he still has your title. And he is claiming you to himself. But the kingdom of heaven isn't just after we die. He died to, in order to bring the kingdom of heaven down to us. Amen. And so that's supposed to be the freedom that we're living in now. Wouldn't it be good not to have to deal with those things? Wouldn't it be good to have the freedom to be generous because you're not afraid that you're not going to have enough money tomorrow? Wouldn't it be good to be free to hear people when they have a criticism because they may actually have your best interest in mind. They may actually have a genuine point to make about your life that if you can hear it, you can correct it. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great to be free of jealousy? To be more concerned about your relationship with God and how he's going to build you up and make you better and better and better and not worry about where somebody else is or what they're doing? Those are freedoms. They're available to us. And they're available to us now. Now, again, sometimes we have to be given freedom a little bit at a time. Because we don't know what to do with it sometimes. We, we abuse it. But that's the difference between one slave owner and the other. The one slave owner wants to dominate you. Wants to keep you under his thumb. Wants to keep you serving him in order to damage you and to damage everybody around you, to steal, kill, destroy. That's that's his job description. And he's going to employ you to do it if he can, whether you belong to him or whether he can just rent you for a while. The other slave owner is a slave owner who wants to give his slaves freedom. If we can act within, in the image of God that we were made in originally or in the image of God that we can we can be restored to because of the price that Christ paid then we get freedom to do what we want he changes our wants he changes our want to what we want to do and that's a process um it's a it's a cleaning it's a cleansing it's a purging it hurts sometimes but that's okay because your slave owner loves you. And he wants what's best for you. And he wants what's best for your family. And he wants what's best for everybody around you. And your subjection to him is what's going to bring that about. Well, that's it. Basically, all I have to say today, um, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. I mean, if there was something... That came to your mind today that, you know, a, 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 there's a slave driver in your life. Uh, I invite you to renounce that today. Um, do you have that song?
Dan, I'm going to have him just play a song. Um, you can, I'll ask you to go ahead and stand up if you would while, while the song plays. Um, just where you are, just between you and God, just tell him, you know, God, I got this slave driver that's making my life pretty miserable. Would you take me back and drive him out? You do it where you are. Now, if, you're, if your main slave driver is fear, you may want to walk up to the front. <laughs> That's just kind of to slap that one in the face. Okay? And use the altar. You're welcome to do that, of course. Just till the song ends. And then after that, we'll be dismissed. And asked, uh, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. I uh, just say, be free. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and live. Now your burdens lifted and carried far away. And precious blood has washed away the stain. So sing to Jesus. Sing to Jesus. Sing to Jesus. Like a newborn baby, don't be afraid to crawl. And remember when you walk, sometimes we fall. So fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus and Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus. Cry to Jesus. Cry to Jesus. When the love spills over And music fills the night And when you can't contain your joy inside Then dance for Jesus Dance for Jesus Dance for Jesus
last, I guess the last. Oh, here we are. Perfect. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Go and walk in the Spirit.